This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Last week, I was finally able to cross an item off my foodies bucket list. When I went hunting for chanterelle mushrooms with an acquaintance who had been promising this outing for a couple of years now, and the conditions just happened to align perfectly to make this trek into the mountains outside of Ashland. Suffice it to say, I can't say any more about where this location is. Mushroom foragers have their secret spots and guard them very closely. In fact, I had to swear on his mushroom identification field guide when we got there that I wouldn't disclose the spot. And it paid off in spades. So of course, I have to honor this promise. We found so many chanterelles. I had pounds to take home. And it's not really bragging because I have lamented for so many years in my blog and in my columns that I have just been completely skunked. For all the years I've lived in Southern Oregon, I have never managed to come across a single edible wild mushroom, either morels in the springtime or chanterelles in the fall. Not for lack of trying, all I've ever gotten for my pains is poison oak rash. Fortunately, this spot was high enough elevation. There wasn't any poison oak. And the conditions you're looking for, of course, when you are foraging for wild mushrooms is damp weather after rain and not too cold. We wanted to make sure that we took this trip before the temperatures really started dropping over the weekend which causes the mushrooms to freeze and just shrivel up. So we timed it just right. And of course, we're rewarded with a haul that a lot of chefs would have paid a pretty penny for. So I've been trying to do these mushrooms justice. We picked quite a few white chanterelles, which I have certainly purchased at local farmers markets over the years, although they're not nearly as well known, as well as a few golden chanterelles. They were both... Um, fruiting in that particular area of forest. And the classic preparation, as many people know, is just simply sauteed in butter. Some fresh garlic is also nice, some salt, and I just love that with good quality freshly baked baguette. In fact, I had to run to the grocery store and get a good quality baguette after we realized how many mushrooms we had to cook in order to enjoy them as well as with the little fancy cheese. That's a great way to kick off a forager's feast. Later in the evening, I roasted one of the largest chanterelles. It was like as big as my face almost. It was huge. The friend who went with us said it had a broken some kind of record, at least in his years of foraging. And that I simply tossed in some olive oil, sprinkled with a little salt and roasted in a 350 degree oven with some blue ballet squash that I had peeled and seeded and just cut into wedges. And that was served over some cheesy polenta. And I think that dish 
that genre of dish is sort of the epitome of fall. I could eat that with these chanterelles until they run out. And I still have some. I've gifted them to a few people. I've tried to use them in just about every meal we've had since we picked them several days ago, including a cream soup a butternut squash lasagna with an Alfredo sauce instead of the classic marinara sauce and in pasta dishes, of course, which it's hard to go wrong with something like that. When my mother-in-law, who received a gift of some of these mushrooms, said she'd like to come over for dinner, I started throwing out some ideas on what we could make with them. One of the recipes that I had been kind of turning over in my mind is for a mushroom tart because I can stretch these chanterelles a little bit. I was kind of hoping to saute some and freeze them, which is a great way to preserve them actually already cooked and then thaw them out and incorporate them in my Thanksgiving stuffing, which of course is still a month away. So I do want to get the most mileage I can out of the mushrooms I have left and combining them with some other types is a great way to do that as well as just heighten the interest in the dish. I mean, each one of the mushrooms brings just a slightly different note and they all kind of work in harmony and complement each other. And one of the dishes that I've posted to my blog over the years, and I also reiterated this year for a column about mushrooms, and that was on March 25th under the headline, Wild About Wild Mushrooms, and that ran in the Mail Tribune's food section a la carte. I included this recipe for mushroom tart, which combines some quote-unquote plain mushrooms, such as white button mushrooms or cremini, with some fancy mushrooms, which if you don't have truly wild mushrooms like chanterelles or morels, you could use oyster mushrooms for this, or maybe even shiitake. It also calls for some dried mushrooms, which a lot of people reach for porcini in that case. And those are very widely available in grocery stores these days. And they're even available at the weekly farmer's markets from the forager known as mushrooms all year. He will dry his excess fresh mushrooms and he does forage porcinis and then have them dried all year for shoppers. This tart starts with a homemade pastry a crisp pastry that contains corn flour. You could certainly start with a store-bought pastry. Who am I to judge? I do that very often. And because it'll be a busy weeknight that I'm intending to host my mother-in-law, I figure I might need to take that shortcut. There's no shame in it. But the pastry is easy to bring together in the food processor. It simply calls for three-quarter cup all-purpose flour, a quarter cup corn flour, and three quarter teaspoon salt, as well as a half cup unsalted butter and ice water. And the remaining ingredients for this recipe are a quarter ounce dried porcini mushrooms, a tablespoon unsalted butter, two tablespoons olive oil, a quarter cup finely chopped shallots, a half pound plain mushrooms again. I mean, really, you could use any mushrooms you happen to have. And if you have a surplus of wild mushrooms, far be it for me to say you shouldn't use all wild mushrooms. But in addition to that half pound plain mushrooms, there's a half pound of those fancy mushrooms, which could be chanterelles, oysters, shiitakes, or maitakes. A garlic clove that's been peeled and finely chopped, 
two tablespoons fresh thyme leaves, a quarter cup sherry, kosher salt and freshly ground black pepper to taste, three egg yolks, a half cup heavy cream, a quarter cup freshly grated Gruyere cheese, and that's a Swiss type cheese. You could use regular Swiss if you don't want to spring for the Gruyere, which is on the expensive side. And truffle salt, if you have it, which I do. That's another thing that's available for purchase at the local farmer's markets. And it does add just a little extra hint of savor to something that already has so much umami like this mushroom tart. Truffle salt also can be ordered readily online. So start with the crisp tart pastry using your food processor. In the bowl, pulse together that three-quarter cup all-purpose flour, quarter cup corn flour, and three-quarter teaspoon kosher salt. And then cut your stick of unsalted butter into chunks and drop in a few chunks at a time that stick of butter. Pulse until the largest lumps are the size of peas and then start dribbling in ice cold water about two tablespoons at a time, pulsing until the dough clumps to bigger clumps. Dump the dough from the food processor bowl onto a piece of waxed paper and pat that pastry into a rectangle, wrap it up in the wax paper and chill in the refrigerator for an hour. Whenever you're using mushrooms, you wanna make sure that they're cleaned. And I've always heard, and certainly it's been my experience in the kitchen, that if you can manage to clean mushrooms without getting them wet, that's really the best way to go about it. It will preserve their texture. They won't just turn into kind of a soggy mess. They'll actually brown and caramelize in a pan with some fat if you have the heat up high enough. With grocery store mushrooms, that's not usually too difficult. You can often just brush off any dirt with a kitchen towel or paper towel, even when it's just slightly damp for some stubborn spots. Wild mushrooms, of course, are an entirely different story, particularly ones you foraged yourself. And the common school of thought is that it's easiest to clean them immediately after you've picked them, like while you're still in the forest, before you even put them in your bag or basket. Most mushroom foraging knives have a little stiff bristled brush on the other end for brushing off the dirt and sort of forest duff, which is like pine needles and other decaying matter. Once you get that back home and it's dried out, it's a lot harder to get off. The fur needles like stick to the mushrooms and they're really stubborn and the dirt and duff has kind of like soaked into the exterior a little bit. Much, much easier to clean them in the field if that's possible. But of course, I spend quite a bit of time cleaning these. You don't want to bring home really, really delicious, beautiful mushrooms and then have your dish full of grit and little pieces of fur needles. So I use a stiff bristled pastry brush. A silicone pastry brush doesn't work so well for this. You want one with like real bristles and brush out as much dirt from the crevices. Chanterelles have a lot of crevices in the surface as you can. Sometimes you'll get one that you just have to rinse and there's not much you can do about that. But also wiping with a damp paper towel or kitchen towel can work really well. So you're going to need some time cleaning your mushrooms if you have wild mushrooms before you start this recipe. It may take you know, 10 or 15 minutes to get them clean to your satisfaction. So make sure you allow enough time for that. Once your mushrooms are cleaned 
and chopped and don't hack them up so you can't tell that they're mushrooms. That's another thing that foragers have told me drives them nuts is when chefs just chop them up like they're any old ingredient. And the beauty of chanterelles, which are this lovely frilled trumpet shape and morels, which of course have that honeycombed exterior, it's just lost. Cut up the mushrooms into not large, but not small chunks, so they're still identifiable as mushrooms. Once the pastry is chilled in the refrigerator, on a lightly floured surface, roll it out to about an eighth inch thick. Fit into an eight by 10 inch rectangular or 10 inch round tart pan with a removable bottom. That's something that I bought in the past few years, and it really is a piece of equipment worthwhile. Trim the edges and then prick the pastry all over with a fork. Line with foil and freeze for one hour. If you don't have time to freeze it thoroughly, line the foil with pie weights. Now that you've frozen the pastry and you've cleaned the mushrooms, you want to soak the dried mushrooms in hot water for 30 minutes. Drain them, rinse, and chop. And it doesn't matter what the size of these pieces are so much because they're not as identifiable as mushrooms once they've been dried. In a wide skillet over medium heat, and you want to start with a big enough skillet because you want all the mushrooms to contact the cooking surface. If they don't and they're all heaped up in the pan, they're simply going to steam and release their liquid and they're not going to caramelize and brown and the texture is not going to be as good as it could be. So start with a big enough skillet probably the biggest you have. Melt the one tablespoon butter into the two tablespoons olive oil and then add the quarter cup finely chopped shallots and cook for two minutes. Add both types of the fresh mushrooms. Remember that's a half a pound plain type that have been cleaned and chopped and a half a pound fancy preferably wild mushrooms have been cleaned and chopped. Cook stirring until the mushrooms turn soft and fragrant and many have browned for about 10 minutes. Stir in the peeled and finely chopped garlic clove, the two tablespoons fresh thyme leaves, and the rehydrated mushrooms, and cook for 30 seconds. Turn up the heat, pour in the quarter cup sherry, and scrape up any browned bits from the pan's bottom. Season with salt and black pepper to taste, and allow that mixture to cool. In a large bowl, whisk together the three egg yolks and the half cup heavy cream. Stir in the quarter cup grated Gruyere cheese or other Swiss type cheese and the cooled mushroom mixture. So remove the frozen tart shell from the freezer and set it on a rimmed baking sheet. Then slide into a preheated 400 degree oven and bake until the shell begins to brown for about 20 minutes. You froze it so it's not going to over bake once you've added the mushroom mixture. Let that cool and then peel off the foil. Scrape in the mushroom filling and bake in the preheated oven until the filling has set for about 30 minutes. Sprinkle the top with the truffle salt if you have that, it's really delicious, and enjoy warm. And that makes eight servings of mushroom tart, which was posted to my blog initially back in June 2017, June 14th, 2017, under the headline, Trio of Mushrooms Go Far in Richly Flavored Tart. And this can be found in my blog archives at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. The easiest way to find it is select 
from the archives heading on the right hand side of the page with the drop down menu and select June 2017 and page down it should be right in the middle of that page of hits under the headline again trio of mushrooms go far in richly flavored tart the recipe also was shared again this year in my bi-weekly column in the Mail Tribune food section a la carte and those columns also go under the name the whole dish and that one was published under the headline wild about wild mushrooms from march 25th find more seasonal recipes on my current blog posts at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish thanks for listening to and reading the whole dish